in an unnamed arcade in some sleepy suburb of Portland. There lurked something more obscure. A limited release of a game that would evaporate as silently as it appeared. Fears surrounding the impact of video games have existed as long as video games themselves. This week, Millie investigates the story surrounding Polybius, one of gaming's biggest mysteries. Then, on a lighter note, Jack will be reviewing Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition, and we speak with the co-curator behind a pixel art exhibit at the Powerhouse. Stay tuned for all of that on the show this week on Zed Games. Hi, and welcome to Zed Games. Recorded live at 4 Z Studios in Brisbane. And broadcast nationally across the community radio network. Zed Games brings you the best in gaming news, reviews, community and culture from across Australia to around the world. Across Australian radio and across the world online, from 4 Z Studios in Brisbane, this is your Zed Games news update. Tired of trying to get your whole squad online at the same time? BioWare's hotly anticipated multiplayer title Anthem has the answer. Lead producer Ben Irving says no matter what you're doing in the game, you'll be able to rocket jump into matchmaking with other humans. From the studio that brought you Mass Effect and Dragon Age, Anthem has players suiting up as Iron Man-like characters and exploring a dystopian world together. EA has potentially cancelled an open-world Star Wars game. Codenamed Project Orca, players would have controlled a scoundrel or bounty hunter character who traversed multiple planets. The title was apparently shelved in favour of a smaller project still set in the Star Wars universe. This report comes from Kotaku and is yet to be confirmed by EA. AGDQ has raised over $2.4 million for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. The marathon livestream ran for about a week and had speedrunners playing games like Nier Automata, Hollow Knight, GTA Vice City and Mega Man for over 2,000 people in Minnesota and 200,000 concurrent viewers online. Awesome Games Done Quick 2020 will be held early next year in Orlando, Florida. And everyone's favourite automotive soccer game, Rocket League, finally has full cross-platform play. Yes, you heard me correctly. Sony has decided to hug it out with Microsoft and Nintendo, meaning players will soon share an open field across Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, PC and PlayStation 4. All you need to do is head to the game's options menu and check the cross-platform play box. Love reacts only. For more news, updates and more, check out Zed Games on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at ZGamesAU. That was the gaming news. I was a little bit too excited yes. about that because that was, that was hot. That was well produced. You got so excited. What? Just at the end, like, <laughs> and the news. And you're like, yes. I'm, I'm so like, excited. I'm trying to say. How, how lovely is it that finally Big Rocket mood. League players are all coming together, man? It's so wholesome. Yes. Nice. Bring, bring gamers together. Don't build that wall. Gamers Knock that wall down. Up. Thanks for joining in on the latest episode of Zed Games. That was the news of the week for the first time ever we've had well we've had a pre-produced thing um but instead of discussing the news because we have such a packed show we're gonna jump straight into the first part hello ren hello welcome thank you so much for joining us no worries thanks for having me so you co-curated a an exhibit at the powerhouse yes yes power to the pixel um it's running from mid-january to mid-february yep until the 17th i think yep um why why? Yeah. why? <laughs> like, why are you doing why, this? Why did you decide Jesus, to Jack. go about <laughs> just start why? with the curveball? Um, why does art exist? <laughs> what does it mean? But like, what what got you thinking about? I guess developing this project because it wasn't just like you reaching out to other pixel artists. You oh. also created a piece for the exhibit itself, right? Yeah. Oh, a lot of credit goes to the powerhouse. The powerhouse actually approached me to right. do this. Oh. So uh, the creative director of the powerhouse, um, Chris, he wanted to do a pixel art exhibit. 
Um, so he and uh, Bree, uh, who is the producer, mm. they uh, helped with, uh, well, basically they approached me and we figured out which artists we wanted to approach and just got them all involved, got them all on board. As, as far as the people that you chose to have as part of the exhibit, like these are not artists that are just like Brisbane locals. These are artists from all over the world. Can you speak a little bit to like who's there and why you decided to get in touch with them and have their art on display as part of the exhibit? Sure, yeah. So the um, the powerhouse uh, wanted uh, artists from all over the world and we just um, looked through you know, on Twitter, on uh, various websites, mm. uh, asked for recommendations from people and just got a list of uh, some of our favorite artists, like about 12, mm. and uh, started reaching out. Um, we uh, were only able to get six artists into the exhibit. Yeah. So like, basically, it was like a list of who we wanted to get in. Um, and uh, if anyone didn't respond, we went with the next person on the right. list. Right. Okay, fair. Yeah. Cool. But there were, yeah, there were, it was really hard to pick. There were so many amazing artists. And as far as the art that I guess they decided to highlight, like put forward, because there are some incredible pieces. Millie's showing a picture of one of them, or a, a few of them from some of the artists. And it is just like such striking work. This Did, one's my favorite. It's was, like a, one of a retro work. I love the one. There's so much work put in it. Sorry, Jack. Do it. But there's so much work put into it. And like every single screen on the arcade machines and speaking of arcade machines keep tuning in to listen to me talk about Polybius um, nice pitch but pitch <laughs> but um, each screen on these arcade machines is still pixel art too mm. like every single little detail in this <laughs> obviously but every single detail in this photo is amazing so I recommend you go check it out I think it was by this one is by uh, Gary J. Luckin or uh, yeah. uh, Army of Trolls mm. yeah so I liked a lot of Gary's artwork in there it was like his attention to detail with the pixel art and there was another piece of art which I really loved, which is um, called Ariel. And I loved that it didn't sort of like focus on traditional video game. Um, you know, there's a, there are a lot of sort of a lot of focus on older games um, in the art. Like there was one particular um, uh, piece which had a Super Nintendo on it. But I loved this one piece with these these two dogs that are looking up at this sort of otherworldly uh, tree that's like floating in the ether. Yeah, uh, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, um, I'm a little bit biased because I love dogs. Uh, Lou is from Brazil, but I think currently living in the UK. Right. Uh, she's incredible. Um, I just really loved her works and uh, had to have her in the show. It's amazing. It's so yeah. amazing. She's got another piece with dogs in it. Like I think these are her actual dogs. That she has. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome. Good boys yes. only. I think she did. Lou do the uh, pokey sona as well. I'm pretty she sure she did. She did. Yeah, that oh, one shoot. was amazing because I looked at it. and I was like, "That's a painting. Like it has to be a painting." And as you get closer, every single little shaded detail mm. is a pixel. And I was like, "Yeah, no, I I'm dying." How expressive her work is. The powerhouse didn't. Like, they, they approached you, I guess, because of some of your background as well. Like, you are currently producing, producing, developing a game called Unpacking. Yes. Oh. Yes, is what it's called. Um, would you mind speaking a little bit to that? And Because this isn't your first pixel art project, is it? Uh, it's not my first pixel art project, mm. but it's my first indie project that I'm uh, designing myself. So where did p the pixel art sort of start off? Was that with previous development studios that you were with? or? Uh, pretty much. So like, I did a little bit of it in my free time uh, some years back, but I really started to get into it when I was at Half Brick working mm. on Jetpack Joyride. Mm. So I was working under... Um, well, I was being mentored by this artist... Uh, named Sierra Asher, who was the original artist on Jetpack Joyride, and he taught me like kind of everything he knew, and that was that was a huge sort of head start into uh, pixel art. 
As far as um, Power to the Pixel, those exhibits are in the, I think it's a, the VZ foyer? Vizy? How is it pronounced? Yeah, I think it's the Vizy foyer. Vizy. Like yeah, I was like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not Visa foyer. So the, the, the Vizy foyer, that's there until, you said it was February... February 17th, 17th. if I'm not mistaken. Um, nice. And people can check more out on the powerhouse of the exhibit itself and then obviously go there. Um, as far as a place to look up on their phone, on their computer... Powerhouse website, right? Yeah, so yeah. powerhouse, uh, so brisbanepowerhouse.org. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So the, the powerhouse is in Brisbane. If you're in Brisbane, come check it out. Yeah, it's Please great. Do. It's so if you're not cute. in Brisbane, come come check it out anyway. <laughs> yeah, come over. Just drive your way to Brisbane. Drive. Yeah, drive yeah. yeah. from, from Central WA. Just go for a quick drive. To <laughs> just, just, yeah. just a three-hour drive. <laughs> Only three it. hours. Yeah, and you're still in WA. <laughs> <laughs> I love Australia. Awesome. Um, thank you so much for coming in, Ren. I really, really appreciate it. No worries. We'll be right back with you. You're listening to Zed Games. But cassettes are an institution. <laughs> Recorded live at 4 Z and heard around the country on the Community Radio Network. We are here to review Tales of Vesperia on the Nintendo <laughs> Switch. Yeah. You've been playing it. How is Switch. it? Switch. Yeah. Switch. Every Switch game review we've got. Switch. Switch. We've got to have that Switch sound effect at some point. I'll pull it down later. Thank you. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition. Mm. Mm. It's, mm. A, it's a video game, believe it or not. Ooh. I, now I'm interested. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> is it. Wait, it's a I video wasn't game? Here I thought it, it was before, a, like a book. But now. Oh, <laughs> I'm tuned in. This is the loosest show we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> it's Millie's birthday edition. Tales of Vesperia released on 360 about 10 years ago. It was 2008. Um. That was a pretty decent JRPG. It was a very traditional JRPG, I feel like, in terms of, like, oh, it's like a big fantasy world, and you've got the anti-hero, and the princess, and the little kid, and also you've got you've got a dog that fights with a knife and smokes a pipe, okay? Like, <laughs> I forgot that he smokes a pipe! Who cares about <laughs> anything else in this game? You can actually play as a pipe-smoking dog. Is it, does he also have, like, a um, like one eye? Like, a scar on his eye? Like, is he wearing a He does have a scar on his eye, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't, I don't think he has an eye patch. Oh. So lit. I gotta... Caitlin <laughs> 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 and I just, like, lock eyes. So lit. So lit. <laughs> It's a pipe-smoking dog. What else do you need to know? Go buy the game. I have verified that the dog (laughs) even has a scar on one eye, so it's technically just one eye. He looks so cool. The epitome (laughs) of badass. Anyway, um, so it is traditional in the sense that you have character tropes that it indulges in, plot, Mm. story tropes, world tropes. Like, it indulges in all these tropes, and you're like, okay, cool, so this is going to be a really, like, kind of -of run-of-the-mill JRPG. It kind of is, but I think that it, it, like, the idea, the base idea is not super out there. But the execution... It does the good things that JRPGs good more than it does the bad things that JRPGs do. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, I like that a lot. Um, so, I guess, let's let's set the scene. Let's paint a picture. Let's talk it out. You okay, Adrian? You feeling okay? I'm doing really good. Yeah, good. I love Tales of Vesperia, man. It's such Aww. a good game. So you play as Yuri Lowell, who has Lowell. his... <laughs> Yuri Lowell? Yuri Lowell? L-O-W-E-L-L. Lowell, enunciate, Jack. L- he is voiced Lowell. by the wonderful Troy Baker, by the way. He is voiced in part by Troy Baker. We'll get to that later. Uh, we, we, we will. Um, he has this like top that like parts it's like open. two buttons down, and he just has his, his like he just has his man cleavage. I, I'm so hot for it. He's a thirsty boy. Thirsty Me boys. or him? Both. Both. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the character writing though across the board really fair and balanced. I think that all the characters are written really really well, and that's what carries this, the game. Story is basically it's the story of climate change ruining the world. 
But okay. also, it's oh the story God. of... It, it's basically JRPG genre of the story, because in JRPGs, right, there are monsters everywhere. There are beasts just yeah. all over the world. Yeah. So in this game, they're like, let's acknowledge that. Everyone in this game is just trying to like hide from Not the beasts. Not get killed by monsters. In the overworld wow. that are just there. Always. Prowling. And so there's this... There, the magic in this world is called Air, A-E-R, because it's a Japanese game. Got to be special. Mm, love it. Um, and Air. Air is what Air. powers Blastia, which is what powers... You mean the Barrel. Blastia. 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 Blastoise. Thank you. Blastoise. No. <laughs> the Blastoise. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That is all I could think of. All of the cities, most of civilization in this world is sort of protected within all of these barriers by powered by Blastia, powered by air. The problem is the balance of the air, the balance of the Blastia is getting thrown off by people that just fl- don't care about the world and just want to use, use everything for their own gain. And Do I'm, they have reusable potion cups in this game? Keep, cu- keep cups for health potions? <laughs> <laughs> Do they and have single-use plastic bags? That's that's no. a great question. Do they have um, straws? Did you mean like single-use knapsacks or something? Like, like anyway, um, <laughs> the story does, the, the story doesn't matter. It's a whatever story. The character writing and the character development, I feel like, is really what's on show. Oh, you're so, saying character writing? I thought you were saying like a character called Raiden. No. One of the things I like about uh, Yuri's writing, <laughs> though, speaking of character writing, yes. is it doesn't seem to play to the traditional uh, JRPG hero trope of. Uh, a, a young boy, pure, who is very pure, not pure, and then is is kind of corrupted by the events that proceed to take place in the story. Yeah, Yuri is kind of already a bit hardened. He's a, he's he's an ex knight. Yeah, he's he's seen some stuff. He's seen crap. Yeah, and I'm hot for it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you're you're going through playing all of these characters. You kind of get introduced to others. You have Judith, which is all the straight boys love. You remember Judith? No. Who's Judith? You can Google search. Is Judith the elf? Judith is the elf. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember remember Judith. Straight boys love Judith. I was just going to say, yeah, that's what you just said. Straight boys love Judith. (laughs) You're a fan. Thank God you said it slower. Um, You're a fan of the uh, disheveled old man, aren't you? I love Raven. Yeah. God, I love Raven. He's like a dude in a purple cloak who hasn't shaved for a week. I love The man bun. So basically me. Minus the cloak. Weird. And I'm not, I'm not that old yet. <laughs> the character writing is good. The character voice acting is good. Quality throughout. Um, the plot is kind of unremarkable, but that's, like, whatever. It's not a bad plot. It's not it do- It's not detrimental to the rest of the game. How does the combat hold up? Thank God you asked, Adrian. Oh, I'm happy um, to oblige, Jack. JRPGs, turn-based, get them out. Switch. Uh, <laughs> this game... <laughs> Um, this game has more of like a fighting system style combat. So mm. instead of being like, okay, you hit attack and then you do fire and then you heal, you're all thrown into this like kind of arena and you and the car- and the monsters can walk around in the arena. You can go and hide in a corner and cast spells if you want. You can Ooh. get right in there and just, just hit them with a sword. It's all good. It. You can string together combos north of a dozen or two dozen hits by the end of the game. Ooh. Well north of that, actually. You're getting over 100 hits by the end of the game. And this is one of those refreshing things about the Tales series. If you haven't checked it out before, mm. the fights are basically like a battle arena. Like a, almost like a 2.5D, um, similar to uh, uh, kind of like, you know, what you'd expect from a, a Tekken, I suppose. Just any fighting game. Or Soul Calibur, in that yeah. you can, you kind of, you're on that 2D plane, but you can move around the creatures. Yeah, and... so it's like you you and your car- and your oh. uh, enemy can walk on this 2D plane, but it's in a 3D environment, yeah. so it sort of rotates, and oh. it feels a little bit less rigid yep. than like Street Fighter on Super Nintendo, right? Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it feels modern, contemporary. A lot of the storytelling stuff feels kind of dated because all of the characters like all of all the cutscenes are like text bubbles 
it's it, for the majority of it, it, it is voice acted. Um, but then every now and then, you'll also come across like anime, like anime style cutscenes mm-hmm. that are done by an external studio to Bandai Namco. Oh, they're hot. They look pretty good. Um, it's a, it's not perfect. It's not the best I've seen. It's not like Studio Ghibli stuff out of like Nino Kuni, but I still think it's pretty quality. The one thing I do want to bring up: if you're looking at getting Vesperia Definitive Edition on Switch in particular, it's not the smoothest running game. Um, not to say it runs badly. On 360, it was running at like 30 FPS the entire time, and it's like cool, next gen game, 2008, life's great. I got a CRT monitor. Um, in this one, they've kind of set the expectation of 30 FPS in the field, 60 FPS in battle, and for the most part, that holds up. But in the field, it's kind of it's an uncapped frame rate so it'll just like some areas will be like running at 60 it's like a small room and then you leave and it gets a little choppy obviously you're just walking around so it doesn't affect gameplay it's a Mm. non-issue um it also looks pretty good on switch when you plug it into your tv because it's running at 1080p Mm. it's good stuff Mm. if you're getting it on pc that can run up to 4k there's already mods out to reduce some of that stutter as well like there's there's good support um i think that it is not a genre-defining JRPG, but I think it is a quality JRPG. It's up there. If you're wanting to jump into a JRPG, but might not be super into JRPGs historically, I think that Vesperia is like a really good gateway draw. People that do enjoy JRPGs, there's plenty of skills and abilities that you can min-max characters, plenty of depth there. The gameplay means you can jump in. If you're crap at the game, that's all good. Knock it back to easy. I definitely did. Um, <laughs> and it's it's all good. If you want a little bit more challenge or a bit more depth, go to hard. Feel the need to absolutely min-max all of your stats, and it'll be good. It's out now on Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Probably runs the best on PC. But Switch, I would argue, has one of the best... Thank you. Can you say Switch once more? Switch. Um, oh! <laughs> beautiful. Headphones almost fell off my least. <laughs> um, this game doesn't have a quick save feature. Unfortunate. It's contemporary in a lot of ways. The way that it saves, it's not. There is no quick save. You need to get to a save point or be on the world map to be able to save. Thankfully, most modern, con- modern consoles do have suspend features, though. Yeah, 360 certainly didn't. PS4, PS4 or Switch. Xbox One, I don't think, really does. But PS4 and Switch definitely yeah. have a suspend yeah. feature. You hit sleep mode, like hit the power button on your Switch, goes to sleep, all good, get it out of your bag the next day, keep playing. Done. That's somewhat remedied, but it still bums me out that if I'm concerned about losing progress, if you the game crashes, which it has actually crashed on my yeah. Switch once or twice, well. you do need to... No, 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 just... Oh, well, also the battery dying. Yeah. But the game has crashed once or twice mm. as well. Mm. I'd really, really like it if they put in the effort to implement a quick save feature that was on every Tales game after. Graces, Zillia, Viseria, all of them. Vesperia mm. was the last one to not have that feature, and it hurts. When you mm. get a crash, you're like, sick. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Hello, Love. darkness, my old yeah. friend. <laughs> Come to me to Kevin. We really need to build a soundboard for this show. We get really carried away. We're not, I'm not putting <laughs> air on. <laughs> But yeah, Tales, Tales of Vesperia. <laughs> don't bring back the oof. Tales of Vesperia is available now on Switch, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Thanks for reviewing what is, in my opinion, the best Tales game. There's a lot I of them. I personally think that Vesperia has is, is one of it rivals Vesperia in terms of the best. You can also hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter if you want to 
Tell Jack why he's wrong. Telling I... Adrian that he's wrong, the Vesperia's best Yeah, I have we'll a message Jack right now saying Zesteria. Zesteria is my fave. Zesteria. 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 No, Zesteria is trash. Okay. All right. I think we're done here. Uh, you're hanging out on Zed Games <laughs> with Jack, Adrian, Kate, Hello. Caitlin, and Millie. Hello. Uh, hey. hey. But now, Millie. Hi. You have... Here's my three-point argument as to why... <laughs> Me. What are, you ta- what are you talking about? All right. Get so real. Can you unpack it for us? <clears throat> are you ready for some true crime? I'm so okay. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not. Anyway. Oh. So, <laughs> I'm here to talk about Polybius. Now, Polybius is one of the internet's earliest legends. Mm. It came around in uh, 1981 it was in Portland, Oregon. Only Portland, Oregon. Only, yeah. Limited run. Just Portland. For no not? reason. Uh, it appeared in a few arcades. Not a lot, though. Mm. Which is odd. Just, like, randomly in Portland and a few arcades. So, some kids started to play it. Uh, it resulted in a little bit of amnesia. A few night terrors. What? And some seizures. <sighs> and a desperate desire to keep playing. Oh, no. Sounds about right. Yeah, I know, right? Just, that's, just, that's, that's, that's me. That's me. Typical millennials. <laughs> me with Tales of Vesperia. Uh. Yeah. So, these cabinets were just pure black. Sometimes didn't even have the name Polybius on it. Mm. They were just black. So, uh, when these kids started playing and all of a sudden they just couldn't stop playing, sometimes it would even result in a little bit of death. Just a little bit just of a little death. Bit of death. Just, a just a minor case of just death. A touch. Just, just so death. people notice these strange arcade cabinets, and these strange men in uh, black mm. turning up and uh, opening up the backs of them and taking some data from them. They wouldn't talk to the arcade owners or the people around them. They'd just take the data and uh, leave. Mm. Well, that's so, horrible. Bit interesting, right? Oh like, what are they doing? Um, aliens. They take. Aliens. It must be. Will someone Smith. observed what the readings that they were taking, and there were readings on each and every player who'd played the game. Oh my god! Right. So Google some more information <laughs> on this game. The yep. background, apparently. Yeah. It was published by a company called Zinus Lotion. Zinus Lotion. Zinus Lotion. <laughs> Which is not quite a German word. It's almost it a rolls German off the word. tongue. And technically, it translates into sensory. Deprivation. Lack of senses, senseless is like a rough... Because yeah. it's not Ooh. quite German. It's not quite German. It's sort of like a mistranslation. Yeah. But essentially it turns into your senses are gone. Um, so that's a little spooky. Um, <laughs> but after just a few weeks in these select arcades, the cabinets, they just disappeared. <gasps> Where do they go? They're just gone. No. And so the rumour died. Bring them back. The rumour died. Until 2006. 2006? 2006. That doesn't seem right, matey. To the... Why? <laughs> when a user called Stephen Roach, Roach claimed that he set up the company Sinus Lotion, <gasps> who made Polybius. He claims that he and a few programmers were commissioned to do so by a Southern American company. They disbanded after the first seizure happened. <gasps> now, let me... Drop a truth bomb on you. Oh. oh, here we go. Two kids did get knocked out in 1981. Polyplay was a game. Oh. Not Polybius, but oh. Polyplay okay. was a black cabinet in the same Polybius font. Mm. It was removed from every arcade 
No one knows why. It just was. But, you know, probably because it was... A crap game. A crap game. <laughs> you know, the arcades. Oh, the 80s in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days. Yeah, right? The 80s. So I good. miss good it. Good old days. So yeah. good old poly play. I know, right? So... After these kids got knocked out, the government did raid some arcades. Oh, my God. Just looking for answers. But, you know, it's the American government. What, what do they know? Nothing. <laughs> Wait, so it was the Men in Black? It was. It was just some government people. The FBI. The FBI. No, okay. um, yeah, I don't know why you guys are laughing. This so, is serious business. Mindhunter. These are arcade machines we're talking about. Here's the real story. Arcade culture in the 80s was documented to the teeth. You know, Nintendo Power, all those sort of magazines that had like these radical dudes on the cover playing <laughs> arcade cabinets with skateboards. And it was so rad, man, with that vaporwave. <laughs> you know, it was just so cool. All the neon. All that neon and those oh, horrible, oh, horrible yeah. clothes and that bad hair. <laughs> anyway, but in every single magazine, if you go back through it, and even in the Wayback Machine with all those internet articles with the early internet, I guess... I need forever archived. Forever archived. There's no mention of a game called Polybius at all. And there was no new coverage of these supposed deaths. Cover up. It must be. Portland was, in fact, a testing centre for arcade machines. (gasps) And they did have blank cabinets that had new games. But they were only labelled new game. So was it real or was it not? People say it's not. But I tend to err on the side of caution that perhaps, perhaps, there was once one lone arcade machine named Polybius. Wake up, sheeple. Oh! No, seriously, my conspiracy mind is going crazy right now because <laughs> I, I legit am too invested and I, I need more information. I'm going to go... I recommend anyone check out anything to do with Polybius because it's... Pretty trippy, honestly. And someone started developing like a Polybius clone. There's a lot of Polybius clones, yeah. In 2007, someone started to develop one so they could put it in an arcade machine. And honestly, like you look at it and you're like, I can understand why someone would get a little bit, you know, mind hazy because it's just a bunch of polygons like flying around the screen. And you know those old arcade cameras with the screen Mm. that's tilted and bubbled? Yeah. You could get pretty dizzy looking at anything like that. So maybe there's a hint of truth in this rumour. Nice. All I can think about right now is Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Like, yeah, um, it's Black Mirror I haven't watched it yet, damn it. Spooky I've only vibes. gotten like a couple of endings and neither of them I think were like proper endings. Yeah. So. That ain't it, sis. <laughs> that ain't it. <laughs> oh my God. So when you, you were very good at storytelling, by oh, the way. You. Yeah. <laughs> true, you I was there. That's my true crime I've like snapped out of like the hypnosis that you've entranced me into. <laughs> I was in the moment. <laughs> Sorry, I work for the government. Um. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yep. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, the seizures, the seizures I can see as being plausible, but what were the other experiences that people were claiming to have had uh, playing this mysterious, doesn't exist, let me most just, likely poly play game? Let me just go back to my notes. <laughs> um, Super professional. She's using a um, well, radio magic. (laughs) So uh, some of the symptoms were amnesia, night terrors and seizures and a desire to keep playing. Sometimes would result in death. Mm. So the death 
I'm not so sure about the seizures. Plausible. Desire to keep playing. I mean, yeah. hi, why, yeah. why are we here if well, we don't want to continue l- playing? Let me drop just, mm-hmm. a, just a little, little, little tidbit of truth, which I did some research on. I didn't mm. have too much backup. That's why I didn't note it down. But mm. apparently... In the 80s, there were a couple deaths in arcades, but due to stupid kids mm. going, I'm going to beat a record. I'm going to stand here and pee my pants. Yes. Not uh. easy. Not yeah. And then they just sort of, sort of died crap. of like dehydration. There were like they times died. when people would get like excited. Like Older players would be like, obviously on edge about playing a game and then they'd have like a heart attack or something yeah right. like that kind of stuff if would they happen. had existing yeah, and yeah. It, relatable yeah so we're thinking maybe these stories could have been relatable linked to Polybius yeah I think a lot of like these sort of lost 80s arcade stories were sort of all intertwined with this Polybius myth mm. and also I did hear from some YouTube sources which I was doing my research on is that arcades in the 80s were also seen as quite seedy Mm. And sort of like havens okay. for like still some, are. yeah, they like still are. <laughs> well, yeah. Havens for like some some like gross adults and some predators and like delinquent kids and that yeah. sort of thing. So right. having this myth of a video game that's causing deaths was just what some hyperactive parents probably needed to hear. Mm. Mm. You got the whole urban legend culture as well, yeah. where something that starts out as maybe like, oh, did you hear such and such? Yeah, had a seizure or fell on the ground or this happened turns into a whole story that goes around the schoolyard and then yeah. Yeah. everybody hears about it. And yeah. I think Mixed. that's where it came from because with the cabinet called Polyplay, yeah, and yeah. the yeah. blank <laughs> and the blank cabinets. But I, I didn't even know that Polyplay existed, but like I did look it up, and it did. It just got taken out because mm-hmm. it was probably crap. So, <laughs> but like these blank cabinets that were also in Oregon. So it was like this sort of thing of like. Maybe it was polyplay that was causing a seizure, but then these blank cabinets are here, and then the government turned up because some kid like fainted. So it's like so, so everything got added together into this whole overarching myth of Polybius. But maybe it did exist. Yeah. Who knows? It could have been covered yeah. up because the American government doesn't know a lot of things. Area fifty one, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, MK yes. Ultra. Oh, we know too well, I much could now. go <laughs> way into MK Ultra, but this is a video <laughs> yeah. game show. We can yeah. make awesome. not a conspiracy theory show. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, big mood. <laughs> we just start our own spin-off show, Caitlin. See, I think it's interesting that there's an element of, like, m- miss, I guess, like, the lack of actually documenting the facts that were occurring at the time, mm. and then also the combination of potentially multiple different factors that are being pieced together. Yeah. But it kind of just makes me want to know which is factual and where each element comes from. Because siege is plausible. Like, each of the elements are plausible. Definitely. It's just where all the elements are coming from and whether they're actually all entwined. No, I definitely feel where you're coming from. Like, that's why I, like, I wanted to talk about this because it's just so odd. There's way too many, like, coincidences mm. and weird mm. happenstance that, like, could be plausible, but then it's like, oh, well, this thing happened, so it's not. But it's like, but it could. And also, <laughs> I-, I will just very quickly say, the intro for the show this week, we did pull a segment from um, a uh, YouTube producer. His name is Stuart Brown. He has a channel called uh, Ahoy. He produced an hour-long documentary investigative piece oh, on Polybius. Definitely check it out. A lot of that... Uh, like a lot of my knowledge comes from that video. Oh, YouTube. A lot of my research came from that video. Forward too. slash Xbox Ahoy Polybius P O L Y B I U S is the name of the game. Definitely look it up. It is a good watch. It is a good YouTube. It's very well like, edited like too. Internet rabbit hole to get lost yeah. in late at night. Maybe not. Don't but, do it. Don't do it. Um, it, it's it's a phenomenal video and a lot of like definitely. Ahoy's videos. I absolutely adore. So he does some good stuff. I definitely recommend checking it out if I your interest. Mm. I'm just so freaked out right now, man. You're going to have some more (laughs) weird segments for sure, because I feel like you love your weird crap. 
Sorry. Uh, have you weird met me? Yeah. That's great. I, I love, love a bit it. of weird stuff. Yeah. Man. Super excited so to have more, yeah, more weird stuff on the show. Join me back <laughs> spooky for stories. Uh, Millie's Spooky Week. <laughs> <laughs> spooky Corner. Millie's with Spooky Millie. Corner, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm going to make it a regular segment. <laughs> I that love it. Does bring us to the end of the show this week. Um, definitely check us out on iTunes and Spotify. We are on those platforms, Z Games. There's a space between those two words. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as at Z Games AU. We're going to be posting videos snippets all that good stuff and hey if you want to chat with us that's absolutely the best place to go and you know if you've got any gaming horror stories tweet them at us absolutely yeah, at me up Z my, Games na- AU. my name on twitter is at millionaires so if you've got any spooky stories let me know because otherwise i'm just going to end up talking about the piano from super mario 64 <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> 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 bang um we love and appreciate you dearly hmm. we'll see you next time 